Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark in the hit TV show, Shark Tank. I'm also the inventor of the infomercial and an ass on TV. Dove is a special uh, entrepreneur. Uh, he does amazing podcasts, but he's also a speaker and a consultant. Hi, I'm Sal Sylvester. I'm the author of Unite, the four mindset shifts for senior leaders and founder of Coach Metrics. He's a thought leader in the field, fantastic author. He's got an amazing radio show. Hello there, my name is Brett Trapp. I'm a creative consultant living in Atlanta, Georgia. Also the creator of Blue Babies Pink. Uh, this guy has written books, has a successful podcast, uh, and is absolutely changing the game when it comes to leadership and leadership development. Hey guys, Cameron Brown here, founder of The Thriving Collective. I travel the world helping people make a greater impact. Dolph is uh, just an outstanding character, uh, high quality guy, authentic guy, uh, master on leadership. My name is Chris Stoikos, founder of thebeardclub.com. And I'd just like to say that Dove has a very, very unique approach to working with businesses. Hey, this is Derry Apjohn, as well as Davis, aka The Strategy Man. And if I'm going to describe Dove in three words, it's going to be courageous, deep, and conscious. And that's exactly what you need for leadership right now. Hey guys, this is Devon Harris, original member of the Jamaican Bobsled team, three-time Olympian, author, speaker, philanthropist, he is one of the most amazing guys you'll ever meet, an amazing interviewer, but at the same time, an amazing speaker. Hi, I'm Nate Regeer, CEO and co-founding partner of Next Element Consulting, a global leadership training company specializing in conflict communication. You know, the more I get to know Dov Barron, the more I admire his authenticity, his genuine commitment to something that I share deep in my heart, which is this notion of authentic communication. I'm Jared Nichols. I'm a futurist, executive advisor, host of the NSBA podcast, The Road Ahead, and also president of the Jared Nichols Group. Dov is uh, an outstanding thought leader when it comes to leadership and the traits and the qualities of leadership that are going to be necessary to succeed in the 21st century. Hey everybody, Coach Brew here, best-selling author of Stadium Status, taking your business to the big time. If I had to describe Dov in three words, it would be expertise, genuine, and heart-centered leader. I'm John Berga, the president of Flourishing Leadership Institute, where we enable communities and organizations. He has a finger on the pulse of what the future is asking for from leaders. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger of the Art of Charm podcast. Dov Barron is a great host with insightful perspective. He understands what makes people tick, and he can get to the heart of the matter in an entertaining and educational and informational way. Hi, I'm Joshua Miller, and I am the author of the new book, I Call Bullshit, Live Your Life, Not Somebody Else's. Dov Barron, to me, when you talk about authentic leadership and cutting through the bullshit, there's nobody I would trust to go to than Dov Barron. Hello there, I'm Mike Glauser. I've been studying entrepreneurial leadership for more than 20 years. He really knows how to teach authentic leadership and that's one of the most important things today in leading organizations. Hi there, my name is Rick Barker. I am the founder of the Music Industry Blueprint. I help people navigate the music business. He had made me aware of some things that were quite visible, but were still hidden. I'm Tom Bilyeu, co-founder of Quest Nutrition and Impact Theory. Dov is absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed my time. A, he knows the guests before they come on, which is absolutely critical. But B, this guy, most importantly, has intensity, well thought out ideas, often counterintuitive, which 
is what makes him great. Hi, I'm Tim Sanders, author of the book Love is the Killer App, How to Win Business and Influence Friends. His perspective is laser sharp about the things that matter. Since the Great Recession of 2008, capitalism has come under a lot of fire. Have you ever been curious about where we are going with capitalism as we know it? We know that there is a movement towards what is becoming known as conscious capitalism. However, let's allow our curiosity to take a bite out of this question. Can the quest for personal enlightenment transform our economy? Well, if you've ever been curious about anything even close to those things, you're going to love this episode. My name is Dove Barron, and I am your host. And you can find out more about me and how to hire me as your speaker or strategist for your organization by going to fullmontyleadership.com forward slash consulting or fullmontyleadership.com forward slash speaking. My guests on this episode are Dr. Jeff Overall and Rhiannon Rosland. Now, they are the founders of the Global Institute for Conscious Economics. They're also the authors of Capitalist Buddha, Waking Up to a Conscious Economics. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and help me welcome Dr. Jeffrey Overall and Rhiannon Rosland. Welcome, guys. It's good to have you here. Thank you. I love what you guys are doing. I'm very excited to get into this. I know it's going to be really interesting. But before we do, we always like to start with this question. Individually and collectively, what are you presently most curious about? I'll leave that up to you, Rhiannon, to start. <laughs> she points to you, and you're going to leave that up to you. So in case you're listening. I'm the one who's talking, so I figured I'd give him a moment. You know, for me, the thing that I'm most curious about is how we are going to transform our economic system to work in harmony with people and the planet. So if you really look back over history, we know that profit has been made at the expense of people, at mm -hmm. people's well-being. We know that profit has been made at the expense of the planet. And so my, um, my interest is really in this shift. And I see a consciousness um, and an awakening happening around the planet. And I mm -hmm. wonder how that might actually integrate into the way that our systems are designed. And so what I've been you know, referring to is something called the feminine economy. And that's not about women. No, I understand. Men and women you know, tapping into another part of ourselves um, and being able to bring that into the marketplace. So an idea of a more collaborative economy, an idea of actually, you know, not just focusing on monetary exchange, but also quantum exchange, energy exchange, emotional exchange. And so different um, elements of value being brought into the marketplace. So these are the things that keep me up at night amongst many. I'm often, you know, waking up 20 minutes after going to bed with another ah, like why, why can we not get there? Why can we not all see um, that there's some, such a huge need for a change? So. Absolutely. That, that's very interesting. And what about you, Jeff? What are you most curious about at this point in time? Right now, I'm extremely curious of the ability of the human mind to see how far that that can stretch and what we're capable of through our development of 
you know, healing the body, maintaining a mind-body connection and growing our consciousness and what that means for business leaders as people, you know, we talk about often raising the vibration of the collective, raising our own individual uh, vibration and what that means for people that come into the workplace, being more productive, having more emotional intelligence and willing to uh, be in a better position to be their best performer, to uh, operate at an optimum level. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fascinating because, uh, you know, in, in our previous conversations, you and I, had, all three of us have talked about how I was talking about consciousness and, and the rays of consciousness in the 80s mm -hmm. um, and how it was so wacky, you know, quote unquote, to so many. And now we're beginning to sort of just grasp that. And by the way, I'm not saying that I was at the forefront because we're talking, people talking about it a hundred years before me, yeah. but that, that's not what I'm saying. But my point is that it, it's interesting to me that we as the mind and we as people tend to live in polarity. And so it's interesting for me that it seems in, on a planet that is becoming less and less conscious about climate, mm -hmm. less and less conscious about the cost of, of economics or the mm -hmm. cost of greed, mm -hmm. um, is on the other side of it becoming very you know, conscious around capitalism and those kinds of things. And, and I can remember when I first moved to North America, in, uh, not the, the second time I moved here, but on a permanent basis in 88, and I remember being in the United States with some friends and uh, my friend said, do you want to go to church? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really a churchy kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, you're going to love this church. I was like, okay, I'll go. So I went and it was a new age church is what they were called in those days. And yeah. it was, it was non-denominational, you know, and it was a new age church. And we were seeing, this was 98, we were seeing traditional churches closed down yeah. and new age churches of you know every possible thing opening up and this talking about raising of consciousness yes and at that point i thought oh wow this is pretty interesting and then there's a polarity where all those are bad again and the rise of the evangelical movement now again i'm not saying bad or good i'm just talking about polarity for sure do you do you see that is what's happening in economics is is that what it is or do you see someone else uh, for me personally, I think that the polarity issue is not just in our economic system, but also in our political system. Like of we course. don't, we don't know how to define what is liberal without putting it against the backdrop of something that is, you know, conservative or Republican. And I think this is the biggest issue is that we can be something in the middle. And mm -hmm. I feel as though right now, like, you know, Jeff and I are working on our research and working on what we do as a business professor and as someone who is working on Bay Street in Toronto in button down business, but can speak about the elevation and the, and, you know, raising a vibration, those things don't belong together. And just like you said, you know, this kind of language and conversation at one point was considered woohoo out there, you know, people of, you know, particular positions of power don't speak like this, but that's not the future. And if you no. even really look at where the economy will always show us where we're going, I believe, and I look at the commercialization of consciousness right now as something that's really interesting. So you look at the mindfulness and the 
um, the mindfulness movement and yes. the well-being, you know, space in the marketplace. It's an over billion dollar industry and in growing. People are entering in not because they are enlightened or because they are, you know, moving up into that space of actually bringing more awareness into how they are built and their programming, but they're going there because there's an economic opportunity. Mm -hmm. With that rises the tide of people actually entering into a space. So we can see uh, if we look at the market and the way the market's shifting, we can see this this progression into a space where we are, no matter how we end up getting here, going to be talking more deeply around the quantum field and, you know, quantum economics, I believe. But you said something there that, that we should jump in on, which is, you know, um, a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon because it's cool. Mm -hmm. Well, when they jump on the bandwagon because they see a potential for economic uh, return, that's great, but it doesn't change the planet. No. Um, it's like, you know, me talking, I mean, I speak, as you know, I speak about purpose and I talk about what real purpose is and everywhere I go, people, oh yeah, purpose is really important, but they don't know what it is mm -hmm. and they don't really care. They just know that it's important if they want to keep millennials. So they're going to go and create a purpose, but they actually not, there's no commitment to it. Mm -hmm. So what I wonder is in this whole thing around mindfulness, particularly around economics or conscious capitalism or B Corps or any of those things, my my caution is how much of this is a PR stunt? How mm -hmm. much of this is a bandwagon trend versus, you know what? I want to change the planet. I want to be, I want to make it a better world. You are, you, you know, with your organization, you guys are directly involved in that. Mm -hmm. Do you, are you seeing like a, you know, obviously we've got, you know, the, the extreme conscious capitalism on one side and there's another piece further over the, to that but here and over here we've got the unconscious capitalism mm -hmm. and in the middle here we've got this bandwagon group do you think the bandwagon group are actually starting to move this way towards real conscious capitalism real b corps real giving a crap about what money means mm -hmm. well, i think they've moved away from that other side of the spectrum so just by doing that I think it's a step in the right direction, regardless mm. if you scratch the surface and then see what is down in the essence behind the movement that they're doing. Sure. It might be from, you know, monetary gain, less of a social impact or trying to raise the collective, but they're still feeding a need in the marketplace. And then who knows, perhaps they'll move a little bit closer to what you're saying towards that capitalism uh, consciousness end of the spectrum. But you know, touching back on the polarities of this situation is that what you're seeing is you, you want to have these conversations and you want to have the discourse, but there's so much misunderstanding in and around economics in and of itself. I mean, you drop the word capitalism and most people just don't understand what that actually means. I think Not capitalism is just corruption, greed and all the rest of it. And as somebody that, you know, embodies the mind-body connection and mindfulness and sustainability, you know, I go back to what capital, capitalism is rooted in. And you can take that all the way back to, you know, Aristotle through to Adam Smith. And I call myself a true capitalism looking at the long-term interest of the collective and not just, you know, getting stuck in short-termism. And if you want to have the conversation, you know, you, you're spending a good amount of time trying to define what position you're actually taking because, you know, 
from a conversation that we're having potentially right now, a lot of people might think that, you know, we're a couple of communists. So, so tell us what you see, Jeff, as the, the great misunderstanding. Because I, I definitely see that. Just, and on the other side, because I was going to go to the, you know, I said that further over is that idea of socialism, not the truth, but the idea of socialism. Um, so, so tell us what you th- see as the misconcepts around what real, because you said you see yourself as a real capitalist. Tell us, because, tell us, you know, you're talking about mind-body connection, you know, like conscious capitalism. You're like, oh, yeah, this guy, woo, all right, he smoked that one, you know. And you're, yet you're saying, I'm a true capitalist. So t- tell us what the misunderstanding is. It's important. I think the misunderstanding is that when you're talking about capitalism, people frame that within the context of crony capitalism and yes. companies that are taking advantage of people, uh, exploiting the environment, exploiting customers, employees, and these types of things. And in many ways, in order for them to do that, they're aided by a government. And mm-hmm. when a government is entering the marketplace and interfering, I mean, fundamentally, that's anti-capitalism that's the antithesis of what capitalism is all about and from my view as a true capitalism is i you know take the words from adam smith where it's individuals an entrepreneur that wants to start a business by solving a social problem by them solving that social need and creating a business and potentially an industry they're creating more value for society as a whole as if they just attempted to you know solve uh a particular social need by donating funds or whatever it's you're you're raising all boats you're you're creating opportunities for people and in doing that you're you're focusing on your long-term interests and you're not sacrificing anybody else because if you're doing that you're not focusing on your long-term interests because if you're exploiting people that in turn is just going to uh become a theme in the economy and then everybody's going to do it but isn't that argument then, aren't we now in the Atlas Shrugged world? Aren't we now in the Ayn Rand world of, you know, it's my business, I'll run it how I want. And then at the other side of that is, well, yeah, that's great, uh, but you're polluting the planet or but you, you know, you've created some form of almost slavery, you know, that people agreed to. You know, because that's part of the argument. Well, these people work with us because they, they're willing to work with us. Yeah, because there's nothing else for them. So they work for three bucks an hour. You know, so are, are, are we teetering in that direction when you say those things? I, I think that we are teetering in that direction without uh, a checkpoint where we actually realize that the individual consciousness of our own self is the missing piece of the puzzle. When you're asleep and you are a business person and you are trying to run the game and you are looking at this sort of 3D idea of what it means to be successful, what it means to climb the economic ladder, it's, it's a very three-dimensional aspect of what you're looking at. When you come inside and you have that conscious awakening and understanding, you're not interested in exploiting people in no. the planet. You understand the inter- interconnection of all things. Mm-hmm. And until we actually 
experience what that means. You can hear what that says and you say, oh yeah, okay, we're all connected. No, when, once you actually elevate to that point, you know, where it's, you know, there's neuroscience behind it, the activation of your brain and different parts of your brain and different neural pathways open up so that you can actually understand what that truly means. You are not in the same position of wanting to exploit people in order for individual self-gain. And this idea of an individual a society that's built around obsession with the individual, you know, mm -hmm. if the individual was obsessed with becoming the best version of itself, as opposed to stopping at, you know, level three, where we're just at the third chakra and all we're focused on is the will and the personal, you know, desire to, you know, achieve power and wealth and success. And we move into the heart space or we move into, you know, the crown and we start to open up and understand that we are living in, a space and, you know, an age that is defined by so much more than money. So it's, um, yeah. It's yeah. But at the same time, uh, we all know, all three of us know, and anybody who's listening knows that you can't force consciousness. I know I spent, to, I spent about 25 years trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I've now been doing this for 35, the last 10 episodes, stopped doing that. Um, you can't force consciousness. You can't awaken people. And the answer for, you know, people say, well, why can't we? And I, and I answer is because if you, you don't know you're asleep when you're asleep. Right. Uh, in Vedanta, there's a, there's a wonderful teaching that says uh, the, uh, the sleeper must awaken, which, of course, uh, Frank Herbert took for, uh, for his books. Um, but nonetheless, it, the sleeper must awaken. But what it talks about in that is, does, if you're awake, do you know you're awake? And the answer is yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if so do, if you're asleep, do you know you're asleep? Ah, well, I guess sometimes I do. Okay. When, when you're dreaming, do you know you're dreaming? Mm -hmm. Sometimes, but not often. Mm -hmm. When you're not dreaming and you are asleep and you're not awake, are you unconscious? Mm -hmm. Right? And it talks about all these different levels of understanding ourselves yes. and that we and, and it uses it as a metaphor to say that's how you're walking around. You don't know that you're asleep, but you're walking around. You don't know. And everybody who, you know, you may have seen it on social media, there's a picture of me holding a sign and, I, and it says, I used to be enlightened, but I'm all right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and it's, it's, it's exactly the point. And what it is, is that even enlightenment becomes a currency. Of course. Uh, you know, so it becomes, so, uh, becomes a consciousness snobbery. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm more enlightened than you. I mean, we run this economic group and we help people to have more consciousness. I'm, I'm better than you. And it becomes another form of freaking Instagram pictures about how enlightened we are. Yeah. And it's just another form of economics, oh, right? Now it's modification yeah. of consciousness. Right. Absolutely. Spiritual brats. Spiritual exactly. Brats is the hashtag that we were using. And sometimes we look at each other and we say, we are spiritual brats. Yeah. You know? And and everyone and that is the nature of being a human, you know, on this planet is that we do have an ego. We are not separated from 
ago. Mm -hmm. And that is always going to come up and we're always going to have to have checks and balances back in place. You know, the ego wants to say, I'm better than you, that there's separation, Mm -hmm. that there's duality. It's the way that we understand. It's the programming that has been in place since the beginning of time, how we identify ourselves as other of you and we are able to survive in many ways. So I think that that's there. And even in that process of wakefulness is you can fall back asleep. Of course. Through the day. I mean, it's not linear. It's just in a progression. It's you're growing and then, you know, there's growing pains with that. And then you find yourself, you know, falling back into old programming and old patterns. And part of that process is being aware of that. And, you know, consciousness is involved basically just, you know, self-awareness and understanding or reflecting on recent experiences. Like, okay, now I know what I'm doing, you know, falling back asleep and then, and society is not helping. No, no, I, I fully it's agree with you. It's but... to put people to sleep and keep them there. Uh, absolutely. As uh, Bruce Lipton said, The Matrix was a documentary, not a movie. Right. Uh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, but even, even at that level, you know, um, again, this commoditization of consciousness and, and uh, the elevation of it to, to being an egoic badge and becoming these consciousness snubs we now have a left that has become insane where everything is is woke or it's not woke well you know half of you woke people need to wake the hell up um you know for me if you're punishing people for shit they did 10 years ago um that's a that's a problem you you cannot look at history with today's lenses you have to look and say okay yeah i i screwed up and I actually didn't even know it was stupid and ignorant at the time, but I recognize it now and I'm going to do better as opposed to, Oh, hold on a second. Let's just nail you to the nearest cross because we're awakened. And what I find that people don't understand about that is they're no different than the mullahs in in Iran where they're saying, well, you know, we are more enlightened than you are and we see what's wrong and what's right. So we're going to punish you for that. Uh, uh, you know, just because you know, just because you're wearing white doesn't make you better than the guys who are wearing black. No. So it's, it's just it, religious warfare. It, and this is, and so my concern here, even as we go into conscious capitalism, is is this? This is what I'm concerned about. Is this where we're going? Are we going to another form of religious warfare around money? Because now we see that, you know, I, I spoke about this in my last book, In Fiercely Loyal, where I talked about millennials, as you know, are 39 years old at the oldest now. Millennials don't trust big business. I understand that. Their parents lost jobs up to 20 years. I get it. However, money isn't bad. Money isn't good. Money is at our hands and what we do with it. At the same time, we love, again, it's the ego mind loves to polarize. And so you've got hippies who were dropping out, new hippies. I remember the original ones. Uh, we've got new hippies dropping out. Um, and we've got greed. And this, again, we've got this polarity. So now you've got um, the, uh, the, the U.S. government just removing all the restrictions around what can be done to make money, polluting and doing all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff, uh, even, even allowing for big game animals to be killed. I mean, just craziness. And at the other side is this. So talk to me about, I guess I want to ask you a hard question. And the hard question is, 
is there any part of this, and I want you to be really honest, is there any part of this that sometimes feels a bit futile in the, you know, like, we're doing good stuff here and we really believe in it, but the more you push this side, the more this side comes up, right? The harder the left gets, the harder the right gets. The harder the right gets, the harder the left gets. It just is. So are we going to make a difference? Remember I said I came into the, into uh, teaching consciousness in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Teaching, not studying, teaching. Sure. I started studying in the early 70s. But in the 80s, so te- and, and it's like, Jesus, Mary, and, you know, I mean, it's just gone crazy. I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you said. As a millennial myself, one of the older ones, but a millennial mm-hmm. and Jeff as well, we're in that segment. When I yeah. speak to people of my generation, um, I am so taken aback by the idea of money being bad, business being bad. Like, you know, I, we are starting a program that we are launching through um, our institute and my other organization, the Junior Economic Club, where we are really talking to kids and trying to invite them into this idea that sustainability and profitability actually work in tandem. And you yes. cannot create anything without having some sort of mechanism for profit coming back, um, that actually big business has a huge role to play, this idea of the, you know, the conscious, um, the conscious consumer, but also the conscious corporate citizen. And yep. so we are seeing more accountability with business. We are seeing a shift. And I think part of that shift is that young people need to demand what they want to see. They need yes. to demand what they want to work for and they can actually make change and that our purchasing power actually can make change as well. So this idea that we're all going nowhere and that this is actually just another place back to the bottom, I think isn't true because you know, whether we enter this space because it's authentic or whether we enter it because it's inauthentic and it's just a trend, we still end up learning something in the process. If it becomes cool to buy from companies that care about the planet, there is something to be gained by that, whether it's it's cool or it's because it's a a deep need to actually invest in sustainable, you know, organizations. One of the things that I bring it back to is my own personal awakening experience that came from trauma. I had to experience trauma in order to be slapped open to wake up. You know, it was health. It was a near death experience. It was a combination when I look around at where we are going in society, the polarization, the absolutely twisted left, the absolutely twisted right, I see trauma building, trauma Mm -hmm. building within our public square. I see an erosion of democracy. You see, you know, like what's happening right now with our prime minister in Canada, you're talking about the incident this week of, you know, the prime minister being photographed in blackface of a few years ago. And really what I have to say about that is if you want to say that one individual can be responsible for correcting a systematic, you know, unequal racist entire system you can't put one person on a pedestal we are all flawed we are all flawed that's conscious awakening is understanding that conscious awakening is getting above that and being able to architect and play in the space of being able to really look at self and separate from self and say wow holy 
guacamole. Like, look what I'm doing. And I am constantly falling asleep in different aspects of my life. I'm more asleep than I am awake, you know, programming around maybe personal relationship and love. I grew up in a, in a trauma filled household with violence. I am asleep in certain areas. Eckhart Tolle calls it the pain body. Once we enter into the space of the pain body, we don't know we're in it at that moment. Absolutely. 